Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central. And it starts right now.
bad boys are wrestling. Just in competition, win the war, that's their mission. Not no mercy, see the race like the street. If you don't know, you better find out the wolf pack. It'll prove a point. Number one, just believe that you don't want to talk with them. I'll be here for them. Coming to bring with them, you're never walking out again. Throw your back on the wolf pack.
Welcome back to Sports Unlimited as apparently it was on my end that the technical difficulties were going on. So now we've got it all squared away. Lou Bejak from the state. Lou, how's it going this morning? Pretty good. How you doing, Brandon? Not too bad. Not too bad. Big weekend this weekend. Final weekend of the season. Just first overall, what are you looking most forward to of the last week of the season? Not too much. There's only about a handful of uh, playoff races yeah. that are, I mean, not been decided. I guess uh, kind of the mystery a little bit, the at-large, but you kind of know who's probably going to get it in 2A and 4A. So, I mean, 1A, I'm not sure um, about their at-large spots. But, yeah, just a little bit of that. I mean, there will be, there's some games in the Midlands tonight that will decide the playoffs. Um, uh, I was at one last night, and that helped decide um, – Region 5-2A championship. So, yeah, just uh, to see and just glad to get through the regular season and hopefully everything will uh, stay smooth in the playoffs. Well, let me ask you that first. How First off, how surprised or not all that surprised are you that we were able to get through? Obviously, especially after all the craziness that happened with COVID uh, and in the beginning of the season, how surprised are you that we were able to get through without really, you know, I'd have a few teams having to switch around schedules and some craziness on a scheduling level. 
not really anything drastic happening this season in terms of that. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of changes. I mean, <clears throat> I think 30 of our 32 schools were affected in some way or another. A uh, couple had to shut down early uh, last couple weeks, and uh, I don't think they're going to play that extra game. But, yeah, uh, just I mean, it's it was a, literally a week-to-week thing. So, some, uh, I mean, hour-to-hour thing. I know some coaches even last week got phone calls at like 3.30, 4 o'clock on a Friday, a few hours before games saying, uh, well, we're not playing this week. So you just got to have to be able to adjust and uh, um, as far as just be flexible. And the schools have done that, and schools have also done their diligence as far as um, making things safe. And any any they're really cautious. I mean, anything, any exposure, any contact, with a person positive, they were kind of shutting things down, uh, see how things go in the playoffs. Uh, we saw that in Skiza, though, yesterday, uh, positive tests on the First Baptist team, and they're done. I mean, they were the number one seed in uh, Skiza 3A, but uh, their, their season's over, and you hate it. Um, so, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think uh, we're going to get playoffs. I'd, I would be surprised if we have any games uh, canceled, but you never know. Uh what's going to happen and I think uh, teams are just uh, glad to be at this point and then they're going to do what they can in the playoffs to just be safe and uh, uh, keep reminding their kids uh, to just uh, keep wearing the mask just and be smart and decisions they make you since you brought it up uh, I a huge blow to first this week being forced to uh cancel the first round playoffs and forfeit that game. Do you think, I I know you kind of mentioned it a little bit there, but is this a precursor of things to come for the public schools, or do you think that we're going to get through the playoffs without any real problems? Uh, I'm being optimistic, but uh, yeah, there's a chance. Uh, I think you might, you might see a a team or two not being able to, uh, uh, but the thing like in first Baptist case, I mean, if that happens, like next week, like a day or two before a game, uh, the first round game, the high school said they, they'll allow uh, like the third place finisher or the mm-hmm. other to to be replaced. And a lot of teams are playing that extra game next week. So they're going to prepare, be prepared just in case that happens. So, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got to be on notice and uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Like I said, uh, teams are going to do what they can to be cautious in that and, um, but, yeah, I mean, if the school district says, hey, uh, you got to shut things down, then you got to. And it's, yeah. it's a shame. I mean, but that's just what we're living in now. And uh, uh, I think you might – I just hope that uh, we get through it. These kids have worked hard to uh, get to this point. So uh, I, I felt bad for the um, uh, the First Baptist uh, football team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, de- definitely, definitely. And um, you mentioned it, you know, a lot of games that – don't really matter all that much this week, but also a lot of teams, especially in 5A up in the Midlands, not having any game at all this week. Uh, Do you think that, is that better for a team? What have you been hearing from coaches? Would they rather have a game this week, or do they like having that bye as a way of getting their team prepared for the first round of the playoffs? I know some, like Dutch Fork, uh, they, they they didn't put one on the schedule. I mean, and it came in perfect because they're 
they're they're beat up. They they're missing a couple guys last week against South Point. So I think the bye came at the right time. Same with Brooklyn Casey. Uh, Camden was on the opposite. I mean, Camden, I mean, they had won the region, but their their game got postponed late on Friday, and they, they were looking for a game this week. And they're going to Burns. They're going to travel to Burns, play a 5A school, and uh, they, they wanted to be sharp. And uh, I think you can look at it two ways. You, uh, if if you're off for a couple weeks, you don't want to go two or three weeks without playing, and uh, that, that definitely will affect your conditioning, stamina, and just your execution. So it, it goes both ways. Teams that needed to buy, I think uh, you saw that. Uh, Gilbert, another team, uh, they were scheduled to play this week. They just said, now nah, uh, we'll, we'll just take our chances. Uh, we'll, we'll heal up, and we'll, we'll go and uh, host our first-round game next week. So, But different approaches. I think teams that had missed games during the year and uh, especially late in the season won't want to be sharp and uh, uh, play their best uh, going in the season. Teams that were beat up and hurt say uh, the week off is going to help us and uh, uh, that will give us the best chance uh, to go deep in the playoffs. Definitely the biggest matchup in the Midlands this week is Westwood against Irmo for that number two spot in Region 4, 4A. Uh, what are you looking at going into that one, and who do you see coming away with that win? I picked Irmo. Um, they got to play a lot better defensively. They struggled last week against Chapin. They gave up 55 points uh, against a good Chapin offensive team. Um, uh, and then you got Westwood. They're, they didn't play last week. They uh, uh, Dreer, their opponent, had a COVID issue, and they found out Thursday night. Uh, they tried to get a game scheduled even for Saturday last week, but couldn't couldn't do it. So I look to see uh, Westwood's defense is pretty good, and uh, especially their secondary. And uh, we'll see if they can stop that Irmo running game. Um, Irmo, uh, uh, like I said, uh, the, to be in this spot, I think uh, moving down to 4A, they they wanted to be in this position. And just the way things work with COVID, this game would should have been played like maybe the second week of the season. So now it, g- it gives a little more meaning. And uh, it should be a fun matchup tonight. I mean, uh, two good quarterbacks. And Dylan Williams from Irmo uh, has had his ups and downs. But they they got a strong running game in uh, Dedrick Starks. And uh, defensively, they got some caliber uh, players. And uh, they got a defensive coordinator in Miles Aldrich that knows how to uh, devise a scheme. He's been doing it for, I think, over three decades, only maybe four decades in all levels. So uh, it should be a fun matchup tonight uh, between – the two schools and like i said it's a winner winner take all there's no at large in the upper state in the 4a so uh, you lose uh and uh, you got to play one of those plus one games next week instead of playing in the playoffs Go- going down to 2a there's a couple of uh winner take all matchups uh against newberry and then uh in region four shaw against andrew jackson where uh who do you see coming out of those, and what are some of the keys for those two games? Well, Batesburg-Newberry, it's a huge rivalry. It's uh, uh, they, They've been playing, I think, since 1929. Um, uh, Newberry coach Phil Strickland, uh, I think, won, won a state championship at Batesburg. These teams know each other. Um, running games, both have good running games. Newberry's, uh, I think this is only their fourth game with COVID and stuff. So, yeah, I think both teams, win or lose, is guaranteed. Uh, the winner, though, is in a better spot. The loser would probably get that large, but you would have to go to Abbeville in the first round. So you kind of want to avoid that. So uh, I think uh, the team that's able to establish the line of scrimmage and run uh, is going to be the key. 
Uh, Shiraz, I got to see them play Monday night. They played North Central. North Central beat them, won their first uh, region championship since 88. Uh, now the winner of this game uh, finishes second and gets a home game in the lower state because the second-place team is in the lower state uh, for uh, 2A. So in the, the, the third, the loser will have a chance for an at-large, but uh, I don't, it's not as not as clear-cut as the Batesburg uh, um, Newberry loser. So it will it'd be interesting to see how Shiraz responds playing their second game in five days. They, look, they didn't look very good against uh, uh, North Central uh, until late in the game. So it should be a fun one, and uh, um, I look forward to see, see how they respond and um, see what happens tonight. One final question before I let you go. Uh, the big news that came out yesterday, Commissioner Singleton announced that they will be announcing the venues for the finals on Monday. May it seem like it is going to be like normal where there are two venues, one for 5A down to 3A, and then one for 2A and 1A. Any speculation or rumors or any guesses from yourself on where those two venues might be? I think one of them might be Benedict. I think you could see a Class A game there on Friday night and then maybe 2A and 3A on Saturday. I think uh, the other, the 4A and 5A, I think will be in the upstate. I think uh, Dorman, Spartanburg, uh, one of those schools in the upstate uh, will definitely have a a good shot at hosting that. that. So I don't think you'll see state. Uh, the bigger schools uh, play the state championship game in, in the Midlands next week. If I had my guess and from what I'm hearing, but you know, that could change. Uh, well, we'll see what happens, but I think Benedict has a good shot. Um, I think they're looking at about 2,200 capacity. Uh, I'm not sure about uh, if Dorman Spartanburg area, maybe close to that 2,500, 3,000. So you're not getting, you're not going to get eight, 9,000 people for a state championship game. People need to just uh, know that right now. So, and we'll see. Uh, what happens, but uh, hopefully we'll have something uh, to report and uh, officially on Monday. Yeah, and once that comes out, maybe, you know, definitely we'll have you back on next week. We'll talk about how that may impact uh, the state championship uh, next week. As always, a pleasure talking to you, Lou, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. No problem, Brandon. Thanks a lot for joining me. Once again, Lou Bejak from the state. Uh, joining me, always fun talking to him. I'll take a quick break, and then in a little over, a little under 10 minutes, we'll have Ian Guerin coming on, talk about some big matchups this tonight. The biggest matchup, probably the biggest matchup in the state. Uh, either that one, uh, toss-up probably between that, that one and the Irmo-Westwood game. Uh, Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, big rivalry game. We'll have all the talking points and get you ready for it. Myself and Ian Garrett from is coming on in just a moment here. Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central.
Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biscobing, and just a few minutes away from Ian Garen joining us here, talk some high school sports, talk primarily about the Myrtle Beach versus North Myrtle Beach game tonight, which is going to be a fun game to watch. We'll go around the uh, Grand Strand. We'll go through the Grand Strand report just for a second. Talk about a few other matchups this weekend, or tonight, rather. Like I mentioned, Carolina Forest, their game against Wilson, due to the potential for rain tonight, to last night, they destroyed Wilson 42-6 finishing off their third straight one-loss season. And Coach Morris keeps on rolling with this Panther squad. They have an interesting test next week against Goose Creek. Uh, Because Goose Creek is is the number one team coming out of Region 7, but they're not even ranked. They're not even receiving votes this week. So it's kind of a, a an interesting little uh, situation there. Sumter faces off against Crestwood this week. Sockety faces off against Georgetown, and St. James heads out to Loris. Five teams on the Grand Strand or in, in their their region. Like I mentioned, Merle Beach North Merle Beach is the big matchup tonight. Another rivalry game, West Florence, South Florence, which, you know, not many people expected that one to be much of a thriller at the end of the season going into the season. South Florence, very much in a rebuilding phase right now. As I saw firsthand in week one against Ke- when they came out to Carolina Forest. And rounding it out, Hartsville is facing off against Darlington. So outside of Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach, not really much in terms of, you know, crazy games this week in 4A uh, in the area. The other two games more than likely should be pretty easily winnable by West Florence and Hartsville. The, the big question now is going to be going into the selection committee I mean, Florence, I think, is pretty much a shoe-in to get in. But the question is, do they decide to put Hartsville in as the other at-large bid over an airport who's 2-5, two 2-2 and five, two and two in region play, and over a Hilton Head team that has only played two games this season? Now they do Hilton Head does play tonight. They play at Calton County. But now especially with their COVID issues, does Hilton Head even uh does Hilton Head even put their hat in the ring for that at large bid? So that's gonna be an interesting little uh thing there. Over in 3A, you got Dillon at Marlboro County. That's uh, kind of an interesting game. Marlboro County didn't play quite 
that well this season, two and three. Uh, like I mentioned, Loris against St. James. Georgetown is facing off at Sockasee. And Waccamaw will Carver's Bay later on tonight. Going over to 1A, Green Sea Floyd's not playing tonight. Uh, you know, they decided to finish their season a little early and kind of disappointing. I mean, like I mentioned, Jaquan Dixon committed to Georgia State. You know, congrats to him. But it's kind of disappointing to see his season, his career at Green Sea Floyd's, where he led the team to two straight state championships to end in such an inauspicious way. Tonight, Hannah Pamplinko heading out to East Clarendon, and Timminsville will head out to Lee Central tonight. So that rounds out the games to watch here on the Grand Strand tonight. Go, We'll go through the media poll real quick. Up in 5A, Dutch Fork still holding a commanding lead. 12 first place votes. Gaffney still at 2. Fort Dorchester still at 3. Dorman still at 5. Sumter jumped up from 6 to 5. T.L. Hanna jumped up from 7 to 6. Northwestern jumped up from 8 to 7, with Burns, as a result of the loss to Dorman, dropping from 5 down to 8. Boiling Springs stays at 9, with Carolina Forest staying at 10. Hillcrest and Ridgeview also received votes over in 5A. Over in 4A, AC Flores still stays at first with 11 first place votes. North Merrill Beach stays at two. They do get one first place vote. Uh, and Ian Garen already confirmed. He said, FYI, he said on Twitter when he posted the, the polls, FYI, I was not the one that voted for North Merrill Beach at number one. So I, I, I'm curious to know who did vote for the Chiefs at number one. Myrtle Beach jumps up from five to three. So, not only is this matchup tonight a battle for Region 6 supremacy, but it's also a battle between the number two team in 4A and the number three team in 4A. And this could very well be a preview, potentially. Now, I don't know. I'd have to look at the bracket. Um, They may have to face each other earlier on than... uh, than uh, the semis. Let's look at the 4A bracket real quick. The Region 6 number 2 seed, no, they would face. The earliest that they could face would be in the lower state finals. So, as they are on opposite sides of the bracket. So, that that could be interesting. This could be a precursor of the region or of the lower state finals between those two teams. Obviously, AC Flora also in the lower state. So that's the lower state is is very strong this season. 
Uh, Greer at four. They jump up from six. Westside goes from three to five, dropping down. South Point drops down to four. From four to six. From nine to seven. Greenville stays at eight. And there was a three-team tie at the number nine slot. Buford drops from seven down to nine. Greenwood jumps up from 10 to 9, and North Augusta gets into the polls this week, tied for ninth as well, getting the same amount of votes. May River, Hilton Head, and West Florence, who dropped down from 10, are also receiving votes this week. Over in 3A, Dillon, eight first place votes, they're at one. Chapman with four first place votes, they're at two. Daniel at three, Camden at four, Gilbert at five, Ren at six, Anor jumps up from eight to seven, Fairfield Central jumps up from nine to eight, Oceanside Collegiate drops down from seven to nine, and Powdersville gets up into the polls after being not ranked last week. Palmetto dropped out of the polls. They're receiving votes still. Belton Hanea Pats still receiving votes. Chester receiving votes, Union County, Hanahan, and Lee all also receiving votes this week as we now have the man, the myth, the legend, Ian Guerin. Ian, how's it going? It's going to be better if my darn computer wasn't crashing on me while I'm trying to put up a tweet storm. But other than that, yeah, I get like you, three you, tweets in and the, the darn thing cycles off on me and I got people like, hey, hey, you're leaving us hanging. Well, well, maybe that's telling you something that you shouldn't go on those those ten tweet long rants you go on. Oh, ten, ten's nothing, man. You, it doesn't even count until you get to twenty. True, um, true, true. No, nah, man, there's, yeah. just, there's a lot of information flying around. Oh. It's just easier to do it there than to try to publish a story and and all that. And some of this stuff is, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to just, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, of course, of course. I love I love reading your tweet storms. It's always fun to see uh, all the info that you put out there. Uh, hey, you've got you've got a big matchup tonight. I'm sure you're going to be there. If I if I would have known, well, if it wasn't for it being election day, and 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 I and it didn't just completely trail off of my mind when I got notified that the Carolina Forest game was moved up to Thursday. I would I would have tried to be there uh, tonight, but I'm I certainly will be watching the big matchup, Battle at the Beach, Myrtle Beach versus M- North Myrtle. What do you think some of the keys are in this game? Obviously, one of the big keys are going to be whether or not the the uh, Chiefs are going to be able to stop both Adam Jones or uh, both uh uh. Jones, JJ Jones, I mixed yeah. up their name. I, I, I was gonna say <laughs> Randall Jones at first, and I was like, I know that doesn't sound right. JJ Jones and Adam Randall. That's gonna be the big matchup if if that secondary of the Chiefs are going to be able to stop them. Yeah, you say both of their names enough, and and every now and again they get intermingled. So no, no fault there on you. Yeah, that's that's obviously number one. I mean, that was one of the things that. You know, Matt Real told me about, you know, last week when we were earlier this week, rather, when we talked was that the big problem was, you know, that seven to 10 plays a game. Those guys are out on an island 
with with one DB and no safety over the top. And the Myrtle Beach offense is running away to recognize those kind of weaknesses, especially in the passing game. You know, and obviously this year they've done, you know, a pretty good job running the football, um, you know, with everything that's gone on and kind of, you know, moving in a new running back, you know, and all that kind of stuff and an offensive line that needed some help. But it all comes down to those two guys on the outside because what Mickey Wilson is trying to do every single time is to create a mismatch with one of those two guys. And a lot of times he can do it with, you know, double coverage on him, even when that safety is floated over the top. We've seen that with, with quick outs. We've seen that with slant. We've seen that with, with little hooks. I mean, any way that they can create just enough separation to get the ball in their hands is key because once they do, both of those guys are fast enough and they're strong enough and, and they're tall enough where they can high point passes, but then they can break a lot of tackles too. And that's when we've seen those home run plays. They're not always necessarily Ryan Berger throwing it 35 or 40 yards downfield. Sometimes it, it's a six or seven, eight yard pass and those guys busted. I mean, we've seen Adam Randall shake off so many DBs because at six, two or six, three, and pushing 215 pounds, that kid is an absolute load. And he also happens to be pretty fast too. So when you've got two of those guys, you've got two future power five wide receivers, one on each side, what do you do? That's, that's why I imagine it's not real fun to be a, a defensive coordinator in this league playing against, you know, that kind of individual talent. Yeah, it, it's very hard to game plan when, like you mentioned, Ryan Berger can throw a five a five yard slant route to either one of these guys, and they can break it for a fifty yard touchdown. Right, and then and then if you do if you do float somebody back, they throw it underneath. If you if you try to jam him at the line, then they do throw it deep because Berger does have that forty and forty five yard arm strength. He he's hit a couple of those. He threw a beauty last week uh, to J.J. Jones in the end zone on a, on a fourth down play where they had no business. I mean, they should have probably punted the ball, but they, they, go for the, they go for it and he throws a touchdown. So, I mean, that's the kind of repertoire that they have that most high school football teams do not. And so, like even last week when Andrew Doss wasn't playing because of an injury – I mean, we, we saw that. They, they concentrated a little bit more in the passing game, and Ryan Berger was 20 of 22 for 330 yards, you know. I mean, just – I mean, the kid was dialed in, and he was hitting everything. One of his incompletions was just a badly thrown uh, – underthrown ball that got picked off, and the other one, he actually hit the receiver, but the receiver was a half yard out of bounds. So, I mean, when you've got a quarterback who is that dialed in, and he's throwing to two receivers, especially those two who are as good as any other two receivers in the state of South Carolina, then, then yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, you know, a recipe for disaster on, on every single play. Yeah. I'm sure it helps uh burger having two receivers that no matter how he gets them the ball, they're just going to take it, you know, probably another 20, 30 yards after the catch. Right. Well, when you can drag a guy for five, I mean, five yards is, yeah. is still five yards, you know? So even if they bring him down, you know, it's almost never on first contact. You know, it's, it's not like they're getting touched and they're going down right there. They're going for another four five, six yards just about every time. Mm-hmm. What are 
you know, if North Myrtle Beach wants to have any chance in this game, obviously trying to at least contain Jones and Randall are going to be one of the big keys. But what are some of the other keys for the Chiefs to have any sort of chance in this game? And, you know, give me your overall thoughts on what we can expect out of this game. Yeah, I think I think defensively, you know, we've we've talked all about that, but but what they need to be able to do is to get pressure on Berger because when he can really hurt people is when he just sits back there and you know, he's a big tall kid, he can see over the line, he can see the whole field developing in front of him. If he is allowed to stand back there or even to make his design kind of um, I don't know what they call it at Myrtle Beach, but they're, they're kind of quarterback outs where he runs out of the pocket and he's throwing on the run because he's pretty adept at that too. Um, you know, that's been a big part of their offense, no matter who's playing quarterback the last four or five years, you know, it, but if he can do exactly what it is drawn up to do, then, then that's when North Myrtle Beach could really find itself in trouble. However, we've also seen that North Myrtle Beach can, can handle you know, just about anything that's been thrown at it so far this year, you know, they've done it against a bunch of different defenses and they've had 13 days to to plan for this game and to do nothing but implement ways to kind of disrupt that offense. You know, it doesn't have to be a complete annihilation. They don't have to shut everything down. All they have to do is slow them down because what we've seen on the other side of the ball for North Myrtle beach is they are not making mistakes. You know, the only, um, only times all year, where, where their games were even really within, you know, sniffing distance late in the game was when they, they had a couple turnovers. But that hasn't happened very often. You know, this is kind of the penultimate North Myrtle Beach offense. You know, we saw it. They chewed up the last seven minutes of clock um, without even scoring just to run the clock out against West Florence two weeks ago. That right there – you know, when those offensive linemen are in sync, you see them all putting their hand in the dirt at the same exact time. Their heads are up. They're clear. They know exactly what they're going to do. That right there is why Matt Real coaches this game, to try to get that perfect drive. And even without scoring a touchdown, I think that drive right there was, was really indicative of what he's looking for. Those guys, again, have now had 13 days to get their blocking assignments. They've had 13 days to put in an offensive scheme that is going to, you know, really allow Nyleek Livingston to do his thing, you know, running the ball. I mean, look, he's got, he's got five games and 500 yard games this year. You know, he very well could have six for six tonight. So they're, they're doing a lot of things well. And that's why yesterday I actually picked North Myrtle beach to win this game in a close one. Oh, wow. You actually have North Myrtle beach winning this one. Yeah. Like a 31, 28 type thing. Do you think so? Basically, what you're saying is this is going to be a a power versus speed, fire versus ice type of matchup between the passing attack of North America against just the grinded out, gritty North America Beach offense. Yeah, I mean, every time North Myrtle Beach has the ball if they're running five or six minute drives, that's, that's time that JJ Jones and Adam Randall are, are sitting on the sideline. I mean, that's, that's easy math. Those guys can't beat you if they're not playing, you know, this isn't going to be like Aner's offense where, you know, they're going to power down the field at five, six yards a clip and, you know, chew up eight minutes every single drive if they want to, but it doesn't have to be that because 
every minute that Myrtle Beach's offense isn't on the field is a win for North Myrtle Beach. You know, that's that's where they're going for. You know, that's what North Myrtle Beach is going to try to do tonight, you know, is, is really just minimize the chances that Randall and Berger and Jones can can get one of those home run balls. You know, and if they do that, you know, just enough. Again, it doesn't have to be a complete shutdown. They don't have to, you know, keep them out of the end zone for 48 minutes. They just need to limit their effectiveness and prevent them from jumping out to a big lead, you know, because if they can do that and they can keep control of the ball and they don't turn it over, no, no interceptions, no fumbles, if they can do that, then they will have every chance to win this game. Looking ahead at, you know, looking at this game and looking at how good both teams have played, could you see this as being a precursor to them potentially facing off against each other again in the lower state championship? Absolutely. This this is, I mean, I'm not going to say that that would be the absolute favored scenario to happen. I mean, look, Buford is a good team. I mean, you saw Buford last week against Carolina Forest, and obviously Carolina Forest is on a different level with their offensive and defensive lines than, than most teams in Class 4A are. But Buford is a good team, you know, who isn't allowing a lot. I mean, I think they're, they're allowing like 13 or 14 points a game. Yeah, to, going to, into that you know, game, they, were, they were allowing like 14 points, I think. Right, outside of Carolina Forest, who, again, is the anomaly because that game didn't mean anything to either one of them. You know, so it's it's hard to say that they both went full bore, but let's also just recognize that Carolina Forest is really, really good. You know, but, you know, that's a team that's going to host a game. So eventually somebody from Region 6-4A is going to have to go down to Beaufort and win that game. Um, the, the, the more immediate thing is that next week, the loser of this Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach game is going to South Aiken. Now they're both going to be number two seats, but there's, there's no doubt in my mind that no matter who loses tonight, they're going to go on the road next week and, and win a road game in the playoffs, which is not always the easiest thing to do, but something that this region has made look easy, you know, in the last three years, you know, we keep joking that it's the region six, four, a postseason tournament, you know, the lower state field is, and, and we very well could have that again. You know, we know that Myrtle, North Myrtle Beach is in. We know that Myrtle Beach is in. Um, you know, almost assuredly West Florence is in. And there's a there's a, a small window of opportunity for Hartsville to get that second at-large team. You know, I know in the past that they, they always said it was the next team out from the various regions, but that's what I just broke down on Twitter. You know, so Hartsville has a chance. You could have four of the eight lower state teams all coming from, from Region 6-4A. You know, this is that that right there is the immediate recipe for for how two teams in that region meet for the lower state, you know, championship for you know what the third or fourth year in a row. So, you know, that's kind of that's kind of what very well could happen. Now, there's a lot that that could stop that, and and obviously everybody's on notice with what COVID can do. You know, we had two more teams in South Carolina who saw their seasons end this week because they're locked down with COVID quarantines. So, you know, that's in the back of their minds, you know, but if everybody's smart about what they need to do, if everybody can stay safe, you know, they can, they can make sure that they're practicing and, and playing games. And yes, very well. I could see the winner of tonight's game hosting the loser of tonight's game in four weeks or three weeks rather in the lower state championship. 
since, since you brought it up, and, you know, we've had a few issues here and there, but for the most part, you know, especially on the varsity level uh, for football, there haven't been any real issues here on the Grand Strand when it comes to COVID. How surprised have you been that we were able to get through the entire season with no real issues, at least here? Obviously, elsewhere, there have been issues, but here on the Grand Strand, yeah, I mean, it's it's a surprise that nobody's been shut down just because we're seeing the case numbers go up again and we've seen other teams around the state. I mean, I think there's been seven or eight already whose seasons ended prematurely and they just they had to shut it down, you know. So a nine-county, you know, nine-school county uh, hasn't had one of those. I mean, you're kind of defying the numbers a little bit, but – you know, we have had effects of it. We've had those subtle reminders, you know, everything that happened at St. James put the rest of the football teams, you know, on high alert. You know, they, they were doing things that, that even the schools themselves, you know, weren't requiring for kids that were in hybrid because they were like, wow, that, that could happen to us. You know, I've, I've talked to every football coach in the County, you know, repeatedly outside of maybe two in the last week. And every one of them have mentioned that. Every one of them have talked about, you know, continually lecturing their kids about when you go home, you be smart or you're putting this entire football program at risk. And and when the stakes are so high, because let's face it, yeah, there are favorites in every classification, you know, probably two or three teams realistically that people are looking at to compete for a state title. But when you're talking about winning four games in a row to win a state championship, Every team that's in has a better chance than any other year that they've ever made the playoffs. There's one less game you got to win. There's one less opponent you got to beat. You know that's the, the the stakes have have never been this high in such a short span. So these coaches are reminding their kids about that constantly, and and if it's not daily, it's every other day. How nervous have those coaches that are in the playoffs now? Uh, and are ready, getting ready for next week. How nervous are they, and what are they trying to do outside just trying to tell their kids be as careful as possible uh, to make sure that nothing derails their season? Oh, they're trust me, they're they're real nervous about that. You know, these are these are guys who by design are control freaks. You know, any any football coach who's lackadaisical is doing it for the wrong reason because you know he doesn't fit the mindset. You know, these guys are, are control freaks in one way or another. You know, they, they want to know what's in front of them. They want to know how to tackle that problem. And they, they want to see their team execute it to their fullest extent so they can achieve that goal. Now, yeah, that sounds very basic, but they've already implemented things. You know, when Saucesty had to shut down for two weeks because a junior varsity player had practiced with the varsity team, you know, on the, most of the schools in the county, they turned around and they said, if we are still allowing JV kids to practice with our varsity kids up to this point, it's over. You know, North Myrtle Beach cut that off after like the first or second week of the season, if I'm not mistaken. You know, they practice on a different field. They dress in a different locker room. And I'm just talking about daily practices. They keep the kids as far apart as humanly possible to reduce those exposure risks. You know, some of the um, you know, a good number of the football players are doing hybrid. Uh, a good number of them are doing virtual. You know, there are an, a large number of kids who are playing football and they're doing their schoolwork at home. 
you know, that has probably helped a little bit too, just because it's reducing, you know, exposure risk. So, you know, those things like that, but like, you know, breaking up the JVs and the varsities, that's something that in the past, you know, some schools can't afford to do. They need bodies, you know, they need scout team guys. They need somebody just to stand there and look like a cone for a few minutes. I mean, anything, but they're not doing that this year, you know, and they're especially not doing it in the last four weeks since everything happened with Soxty. And, and that's what, that's what the ultimate goal is at this point is let's make sure that we can stay on the field so that we can do what we want to do on the field. Yeah, certainly hoping that we're able to get through the entire playoffs without any issues. Unfortunately, all Ray skis are having some issues uh, of their own right off the bat, which doesn't go well uh, for public schools. Uh, but SEHSL expected to announce locations for the finals next week. Any guesses or any speculations, anything you've been hearing about where where they might be? I, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to have to split them up. I mean, I don't think there's any way they can do it all one location. I mean, there's some of those spots that are available on like that Friday, but not that Saturday, Saturday or vice versa, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know. I mean, if I had to guess, I mean, you know, maybe Benedict, um, you know, a couple. I mean, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. There are a few of the the high school venues in the state that are big enough, um, you know. I, it sounds to me like they're going to use predetermined locations though, and not just do like, yeah. you know, uh, whoever the last team standing is can host or something like that, yeah. you know, just cause I, I think they're worried about the favoritism and they've had, they've had so many complaints the last seven months anyway. And so if they can find a venue that isn't going to, you know, rake them over the coals to use that football field for a day or two, you know, then they're going to do it. Cause you know, look, everybody's, you know, bleeding money right now. I mean, nobody's nobody's making money on, on this football season. So, you know, they're trying to get out of it spending as little as possible, and I'm guessing that that's a large reason why there was such a delay. I mean, yeah, obviously USC isn't available, and they've known that for a long time, but USC also cost them a chunk of change. Most teams who, um, you know, if maybe not most, you know, but a, a good chunk at least of teams who play – in the state championship game since it's been at USC have lost money on ticket sales because there's no way they can sell enough, you know, for their spot. So they end up cutting a check, you know, that's, that's the big misnomer that, you know, going to a state championship is a huge moneymaker, you know, going to the fourth round of the playoffs, if you host four games can be a big moneymaker, you know, but going to the state championships usually is not, you know, so now this year, with everybody having reduced number of games and reduced, you know, gate receipts and all that, they're really trying to make sure that, that nobody's going to, you know, have to cut a five-figure check to go play in a state championship game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where it ends up. Uh, certainly looks like there will at least be one Grand Strand team probably in at the state finals. Uh, we'll see if there's... Uh, could potentially be a second one. Uh, but it's always fun talking to you, Ian, and uh, have fun over at uh, at North Merle tonight. Sounds good. Brandon, I always appreciate you having me on. Yep. Talk to you later. Once uh, again, Ian Guerin from Maori News. Uh, always fun talking to him. And he's got a big one tonight, North Merle Beach, Merle Beach. He talked about, talked about some of the keys to the game and – Hey, I'm I'm pulling for North Merle. I'd love to see them win, but I just don't know if the Chiefs have enough 
to get through the the juggernaut that is the Merle Beach wide receiving core. So we'll see uh what happens uh over these uh you know over a few hours uh later tonight. So I'll take a quick break and then come right back, have some final thoughts. Uh a little under an hour left to go on the show, talk about some other things. Uh, Some more news and notes and get you ready for Friday Night Lights tonight here in South Carolina. And as always, if you want to call in, get your thoughts on the Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach game. If you want to talk Irmo Westwood, if you want to talk about any other game, local, regionally, nationally, uh, pro, college, high school, what have you. Whatever you want to talk about, 323-784-9680. 81 is that number to call that number again 3278496 and come right back wrap it up here on Southern Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Central Welcome back to Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. My name is Brandon Biscobing, and with just a little under an hour left to go on the show, want to hear from you guys. Want to hear what you guys, what your thoughts are on all the different matchups this week. Uh, later on tonight, North Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Westwood, Irmo, and you know whatever you guys want to talk about. Whether it's that, whether it's some college football, NFL. Whatever you guys want to talk about, be sure to call on in 323-784-9681. That number again, 323-784-9681. This is your time to shine right here. 
And while we wait to see if anyone calls in, I'll run down the remainder of the uh, polls from last from this past week. In 2A, Abbeville stays at one with 12 first place votes. Great Collegiate at number two. Chesney jumped up from four to three. Newberry jumped up from five to four. Shaw dropped down from three three to five. Batesburg Leesville still at six. North Central jumps up from eight to seven. Woodland jumped up from not being ranked to eighth. Marion jumped up from not being ranked to ninth. And Andrews jumped up from not being ranked to tenth. A lot of movement to a Saluda, Timberland, St. Joe's, Pelion, Wade, Hampton, and Christchurch all receiving votes over in 2A this week. Down in 1A, Lakeview stays at number one with 11 first place votes. Southside Christian jumps up from three to four, or three to two, rather. Blackville Hilda jumps up from four to three. Lamar, while still getting one first place vote, they drop down from two to four. Hartville at five, Will Branch at six, Johnsonville jumps up from eight to seven, Wagner Sally jumps up from nine to eight, Carver's Bay jumps up from not being ranked to ninth, Green Sea Floyd's still at tenth, and that's one of the craziest, I think that's the craziest, uh, well actually no, I take that back, the craziest one is Greenville being ranked eighth. And not being in the playoffs. That's definitely the craziest. You know, Green, Greenville being ranked 8th. And yet they won't be in the playoffs this season. You know, but Green C. Floyd being ranked 10th. And, and they're not going to be in the playoffs. So it's, it, you know, that's what kind of year this... That's what kind of year this has been. And, you know, I mean, I guess it fits 2020 to an extent. You know, you never want to see it, but it it fits the bill for this year. Uh, And that was the big talking point for myself last week. If you guys didn't hear the show last week, uh, the big question was, you know, where do where does the SEHSL go from here in terms of the playoffs? Do they keep it at at two? Do they go back to four or do they? have three teams per region make it in. And I and most people, every just about everyone agreed with me and said split the difference, make it three. That way the win the region winner still has a big uh bonus by getting a first round bye. But at the same time, the situations like we've seen in region two four A, they can't happen anymore. They they you know, because in that scenario with three, Greenville would still get in. So that's you know and and I think and Green Sea Floyd is at three as well is in place as well, so they also would get in. So, you know, that's that's the difference there. Uh you know, between that's that's the difference that you know I think would help the situation uh, when it comes to what we've seen this year 
with winning record teams not making it in. That would solve the problem. Because any team that's going to be in, in fourth place or fifth place, uh, unless you're in one of those mega regions like Region 6-4A, uh, where you could theoretically be over 500 and be in fourth place, uh, that, well, but even then, here's the thing about that. In a in a classification that has eight regions, like 5A, and I, if I remember correctly, 3A is the other one that has eight regions in it. So in 5A and 3A, okay, you're going to have, uh, you'll have just two at-large bids, or three at-large bids, rather. But in re- in class four, two, and one, where there's seven regions, you get though you get an at large bid uh in read or you get an at large bid coming out of the lower state to round it out so a a team that is good a team that is in fourth place like for example right now Hartsville, assuming that they win tonight, which they should. You know, they you know, they're playing Darlington. I don't think Darlington is going to win a game this season. Assuming Hartsville wins that game, they'd be over 500 overall and right at 500 in region play. Now, this year they're going to be a long shot to get an at-large bid. But under the three-team system, they would be that at-large bid to get in. So, you know, just in case you hadn't heard from last week, that was basically my my talking point from last week. The receiving votes for 1A, Allendale, Fairfax, Baptist Hill, C.A. Johnson, Rich Spring, Mineta, McCormick, Wesley, Willison, Elko, and Branchville. So there are the rankings for this week. Dutch Fork moved up two spots in the Max Preps Top 25 up to 16th. So Dutch Fork still being ranked nationally, still being looked at by the national polls. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the playoffs this season. I've heard some people saying that Dutch Fork isn't the Dutch Fork of old. They're not quite the juggernaut and the buzzsaw that we've seen in years past. Still, go- They're still going to be a very tough out. And they will face off... They will start the playoffs against... Let's see here real quick. They will start the playoffs against Somerville. And then the winner of that game, who I'm assuming will more than likely be Dutch Fork, will face off against the winner of Goose Creek against Carolina Forest. That should be that could be an interesting rematch because Carolina Forest, they got knocked out of the playoffs last year. 
against Dutch Fork. That that could be an interesting matchup. Uh, that would be a fun. That's going to be a fun one to call. That's for sure. If 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 the Panthers are able to get up to that level, uh, so definitely some things to look out for there. Some quick basketball notes for you guys. Uh, due to the SEHSL recommendations that came out last week, recommending that no tournaments, no games be played in. And New Year's uh, for basketball, the KC Round Ball Classic w- has been moved up to December 21st to the 23rd. Uh, Beach Ball Classic still scheduled as usual right after Christmas. Not sure if they will be kind of pressured a little more into moving it back, but that one is a much more national-based tournament. Uh, even though they weren't able to get a couple of teams that they were initially playing to, that's actually why Carolina Forest and North Merrill Beach were able to get into the tournament this year was as a result of a couple of teams that a couple of uh, national teams that were initially invited that were not able to make the trip down to Myrtle Beach. So kind of for hey, it's a fortuitous bounce for the local teams because they have now have the opportunity to play in this very prestigious tournament and show what what local Ori County basketball is all about. So definitely I'm looking forward to it a lot. I'm definitely looking forward to uh Seeing some great basketball uh, right after Christmas. Those days between Christmas and New Year's are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, And, you know, it may get moved up, but probably not at this point. Uh, Some other basketball news. Julian Phillips from Blythewood was ranked 33rd, and Jazian Gortman from Keenan ranked 43rd in the latest 24-7 sports basketball recruit rankings. So congrats to them. A couple of uh, big guys on the hardwood that are going to be guys to look out for uh, this season going into the basketball season. And an interesting and surprising story that came out uh, earlier today, or yesterday, rather. Perry Stokes leaving Timmonsville to coach East Clarendon girls basketball. Surprised to see such a move made so late in the game, so late in the season, because practice started this week. Practices started on Monday for basketball. And you see a coaching change right as practice is about to start. Very surprising. Uh, that that occurred. I wish him nothing but the best of luck uh, over at Clarendon. And, uh, you know, he should help that program out immensely. Uh, but, yeah, uh, with about half an hour left to go on the show, once again, if you guys want to call in, give me your thoughts on 
everything that's getting ready to happen tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, what have you. Whatever you want to talk about, we are here to talk. So call on in, 323-784-9681. That number again, 323-784-9681. As we have a caller on the line, actually. Hey, how's it going? My man, my man, it is Friday Night Light. It is. Right here on Southern Sports Central tonight. Did you see the breaking news this morning? We are actually going to be broadcasting the Fort Dorchester game against Berkeley right here on Southern Sports Central. Kickoff on air and kickoff in stadium, 730. It's going to be amazing. It's our first game of the year with the Friday Night Lights uh, opportunity. We took advantage of it, man, so it should be a good one. I'm going to actually have you call in from that Myrtle Beach. North Myrtle Beach game and giving us uh, a live report during halftime. That's going to be pretty cool, huh? Yeah, yeah, that will be a lot of fun. Um, I was disappointed. I wish uh, I would have found out because, you know, North Myrtle Beach now, because of what happened, some shenanigans happened at West Florence. Uh, They have a new media policy over there, so I was not able to get, uh, you know, a pass to go to the game tonight, but I'll definitely... It's on TV, so I'll be watching and giving you updates uh, throughout the evening. Uh, but a lot, you know, a lot of big bas- or a lot of big uh, football games tonight. Final week of the season, and uh, you know, some some games more important than others, and kind of disappointing that uh, you know we don't have that big anticipation for the final week of the season as much as we do in years past, but. Still going to be a good right. night of action uh, tonight. Should, should be a great night of action. I want to start off first by sending my uh, my thoughts to the individual over First Baptist. You guys, uh, I'm sure you already talked about it. The season yep. team that was nine and zero. You know they were hosting tonight. Ben Lippin. They were they were coined to to probably win the state championship game. Uh, at least make a good run for it. Okay. Uh, and, and Coach Waters has been a big time contributor, big supporter, and a big guest on our show along with a lot of those hurricanes that are definitely Category 5 since the beginning of the season. But, they, uh, man, they hit some cold waters, unfortunately, and uh, they'll, they'll have to wait another year. But I tell you, man, you just you see this in the spring with a lot of the athletes that, that did not even get a chance to do much. Here you see a team in the fall all the way to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, we all knew the rules coming in. You know, just like teams, if you're a three-way tie, you know the rules going in when it comes to first place and just things like that. But it, it's, a, it's a sad thing to hear about. It's a sad thing to talk about. But I do send my thoughts and prayers to the young man, and my thoughts go out to the entire, you know, First Baptist Hurricane program over there with Coach Waters. Now, tonight, low country action. Nobody really honestly, you know, going to make the playoffs by winning their game tonight down here, right? I mean, that's not even on the docket. Matter of fact, I was talking to Coach LaPrade, who's the head football coach uh, over at Fort. Not one team in Charleston County from 1A to 5A is even in the playoffs. There's not one team in Charleston County that made the playoffs with this new Sweet 16 schedule that they have this year. Uh, but there's still some good football, all right, if you're looking for it down here in the low country. Ashy Ridge, uh, you know, they'll be over at Cane Bay. That's kind of a little bit of a, a newer rivalry there, some conversations. They're not far in proximity. Like I mentioned, Southern Sports Central will be our game of the week held right here on Southern Sports Central. I'll be bringing you the call along with Clinton Robinson Sr. He is a guy that does the show here on Sunday nights. Uh, we'll be doing that over at Berkeley, 730 kickoff. 
Philip Simmons, Bishop England, that should be an interesting one, guys, to kind of watch for. Uh, you got Baptist Hill, uh, I believe. And Baptist Hill may be the only team. And, and I'm not sure if they're Charleston County or not, but I do believe they're in the playoffs. But Baptist Hill is actually on the road over at North Charleston. That could be, um, you know, a pretty big game for Baptist Hill, I think. But the other game, other than our game that we're going to be covering here, and we'll keep an eye on it, is Somerville and Goose Creek. I'm going to do that not only for our listeners and myself, but I'm going to be doing it a lot for you, Brandon, because you guys are going to be playing next week, traveling up here to the Low Country, down to the Low Country to take on Goose Creek, who's, I got to be honest, man. So you look at teams that are getting hot and who's not. Berkeley, I'm not sure yet. I'll know more about them tonight because they'll play summer, They'll play Fort Dorchester tonight, and then they'll go to Sumter next week. You guys know Sumter. I've seen scrimmages with Sumter and Fort, so it'll be fun to see that one. You know, uh, if you look at it that way, like I mentioned, Fort Dorchester, number one offensive team in the state. They are leading the way in, uh, in, in, in the uh, public league or the, uh, the high school league, if you will. That being said, can they continue their motors? You know, they've got a very good widespread offense, a running game that's really, really good. They've got a lot of good things that are going on. So we'll see how that works off against a, a very fast and furious team out of Berkeley. These guys are uh, very, uh, I'd say, in shape. These kids can run all over the field. You know, they've got Trey Minor, that's their quarterback. He'll be going against so Osborne at Fort. Should be a pretty good matchup. But then you look at Somerville. I think one of the hottest teams down here in the low country right now as well as, well as Fort. And this is a team that has continued to get hotter and hotter and hotter every week. They lost by one point to Fort. They then beat, of course, the likes of Berkeley last week by about 20. They're hoping to knock out Goose Creek before they head over to Judge Fort next week for round one of the playoffs up in Columbia. And the team they're playing, you know, is, is Goose Creek, who, who's kind of, you know, they lost to Stratford. They had a very close win against Ashley Ridge, Brandon. But, uh, you know, if you look at how this thing works out, man, I, I got to tell you, man, teams that are getting hot right now, you know, these are the teams that we're going to be keeping an eye on going into the playoffs, man. But I expect a lot of big games. I do think, if I'm not mistaken, in the upstate, one of the regions is still kind of in question as far as, uh, you know, who's going to win that region because I think there's still a few questions on, you know, who's when, where, and how. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I forgot to mention that earlier uh, when I was looking at some of the key games to watch tonight. That is one T.L. Hannah and Hillcrest facing off at T.L. Hannah. Those two face off to determine who wins Region 1. Both teams are in the playoffs, but that win will determine who gets home field advantage uh, probably for the majority of the playoffs. Yeah, and I, and I would imagine so. I mean, you know, there are already a lot of brackets that are figured out, if I'm not mistaken. Is it Gaffney? Is playing Burns? You know, Gaffney's a team, you know, that, that, that shows some poise and shows a lot of life, you know, through the season early with only a game under their belt. And then they were hit hard by the words that I don't like to use on the broadcast or any of these shows. And then they had kind of about a two- or three-week layover to only come back and have to face a team like Dorman, who is very good, very disciplined, and looked like the Dorman of old, and it was a buzzsaw, right? So so can, can you see what they do tonight? I think Camden – if I'm not mistaken, takes a road trip upstate at a 2A football, or is it 3A? I think they're 3A football. So 3A football Camden will be taking the road trip up to Burns and, uh, you know, playing that game. You know, the other game, Brandon, that kind of has me kind of curious, and I like the guys at Buford. I think there's, uh, there's some big guys, but for me, 
you know, with everything going on and, and we're all worried about certain things, I guess you kind of go all in in this conversation or all in in the schedule. But last week, Buford went up to play a very good, as you saw, Carolina Forest team, top 10 ranked in the state, 10 ranked 4A team in the state, Buford. And now Buford this week crosses state line. I understand they're going into the state of Georgia, which is weird to me. I didn't know we could do that. I thought that was kind of a – that's not happening. Now, I know it was supposed to happen in North Carolina, but North Carolina's not playing football. But to me, I kind of feel like with all the regulations and all the rules that our high school league has put in place, I'm kind of surprised that our commissioner, who's done a really good job in a very tough time of putting things together, I'm surprised he's allowed that game to happen. I'm surprised he's allowed anybody from our state to go across state lines into Georgia, North Carolina, or any other state to play competition football. Yeah, I think what it is is I think uh, Commissioner Singleton has basically essentially the scheduling and figuring out the ins and outs of what's going on has pretty much just left it up to the regions to make their own rules in terms of what they will allow and won't allow. And apparently region seven uh, Buford wanted to get that extra game. No one in the state of South Carolina wanted to play them for the last week of the season. So they said, okay, we'll go out to Georgia and we'll get a team from there. Uh, You know, they're taking a big risk because if something happens as a result of this game, then they're out. They're done. I agree with you. And I, I don't know if that's something I would have done. But, again, I guess you got to go where you got to go to play where you got to play. And, you know, I'm not going to dog anybody who's looking for competition. Yeah. And you got to go with somebody who plays. I, I think that's some of the questions, too. I know, you know, there's been a lot of teams out there that have asked the question, can you schedule us a game? Will you schedule a game with us? And there's a lot of people right now that have, you know, have told them no. We, we don't have any room or it's not going to happen. You know, and I think the other question, and, and i got to be honest with you, you know, um, the guy down here that does an incredible job, and he covers it across the state, is uh, David Shelton. He comes on our show on Wednesday nights at 6.30 or 7 sometimes, and he covers high school sports. And he actually did an article. If you guys have a chance and you're in the low country, you go on to uh, com to see it. But it talks about playoff-bound teams can't afford to rest their starters. You know, of course, with everything going on, you know, I'll let you kind of go through on your own guys and, and, and read that article. But I think there's some truth yeah. to that. I, I, I don't what? I don't I don't like seeing guys being up this week. I see why you would do it, but to me, because we're on the coastline, Brandon, and because we are very familiar with that hurricane season and usually it's been the hurricane season that's gotten ours on the low country and up on the Grand Strand, you know, missing a week because we've uh, had to shut our schools down. And once they shut the schools down, that shuts down all activities with the school, right? And we saw the reflects of that. So my concern is if you're not playing tonight, how much can you get – how long is it going to take you to get those cars back up and yeah. your stall running again? Because I know like that, you got Oceanside's not playing tonight. Uh, Woodland's not playing tonight. And there's a handful of other schools that are not playing tonight. How does that affect them getting back into game mode next Friday. And the other thing I like about it, at least when you got them in the stadiums on Fridays, they should know where they are. Yeah. Well, that's going to be, you brought up a couple of good points. First off, when it comes to playing players, that's something I noticed with the Panthers over the last couple of weeks, even in blowout wins, which they've had the last three or, 
the last three weeks, uh, after clinching a playoff spot, Coach Morris has still kept the starters in for the entirety of the game to make sure that they are ready to go come playoff time. And in terms of, you know, potentially missing games, first I wanted to get your thoughts. I think we talked about it last week a little bit of, you know, what is better? Is it better to, you know, uh, you know, get that bye week to give your players a little bit of resting time. I know the bit, the big school that is mit, that is on a bye week this week heading into the playoffs is Dutch Fork, and you know they've had a couple of guys banged up, which that'll allow them to get a little healthier. But at the same time, like you mentioned, not being able to be in, you know, in the zone and having that momentum going into the playoffs. We'll see if that hurts Dutch Fork next week. Yeah, we'll wait and see. You know, there's two sides. You, you mentioned it. You know, injuries. This gives these guys a chance to heal a little bit but not beat up because the injuries are there, and I really feel like it, a lot has to do with COVID. I think not having that preseason, not having that summer workouts and that conditioning, you know, it's made certain things a little different, right? I mean, where we're not conditioned enough, you know, in certain areas. However, However, the other side of that, like you mentioned, this does give you another week to condition. You know, you think of it like this. For teams like in college football, you know, the one thing that they love about making bowl games is not always the bowl game. It's the extra practice where they get into the bowl game. So, for me, yeah, I would at least be practicing tonight or today if I was Dutch Fork or if I was Oceanside or if I was Woodland and I can continue to look through these schedules and see who's not playing. But I would encourage these guys to continue to play, continue to get – you know, uh, the workout then. Because let's be honest, some of these teams actually see better defenses and offenses at their own practices, Brandon. And mm-hmm. I think that's what possibly Dutch Fork and Nation Side and a few other teams around the state can say, look, we just get a better workout and a safer workout when we're playing each other until the playoffs. Once we clinched it, then we'll make the adjustments. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's definitely an interesting, uh, you know, factor uh going into this one or going into this final week of the season uh is that balance and and that you know figuring out what's best is it best to have that momentum from a game or is it best to have that after a week of practice and you know like you said that the injury factor as well switching gears real quick i wanted to get your thoughts on this Big game on the college side, Clemson Notre Dame. Does do the Irish have a chance of winning this game with uh, no Trevor Lawrence? I think there's a possibility. I just don't think there's a probability. Uh, that's just me. Um, I, I think the probability side goes to Clemson. Until you beat Clemson, I can't go against Clemson. And I'm a Gamecock grad. I'm a baseball guy. I'm, you know, I, I get all that. I'm, I'm very rooted into the Garnet and Black. So for me to give the nod to the Tigers kind of shows you how much I believe in Dabo Sweeney and that entire group over there in Death Valley. Even though they're taking the road trip and going to be looking touchdown Jesus in the eye, I just don't know if there's enough touchdown Jesus to go around Notre Dame. And by the way, I'm 100% on the Irish side of life as well by my uh, history. And Mm -hmm. that being said, it could be a good game. It's going to be can they control the ball early, and that being who? That being the likes of Notre Dame. If Notre Dame controls the ball early, I, I think they have a chance. 
But if they allow, oh, if they allow Tony Elliott to do what Tony Elliott does, and I think he is really honestly the unsung hero over there in Death Valley, Brandon, I think it's a long day for Notre Dame. And I've even asked a few questions around the low country to high school coaches, and I've heard 42-24. I've heard 42-37. You know, I've heard Clemson putting up a lot of points. So I think that's kind of, to me, where I'm going to lean. And so I think Clemson does what they do. I think as long as Travis Etienne is sitting back there in the backfield. And, by the way, did you not realize, and I'm being sarcastic, they've been recruiting five-star guys in every position for the last five years. And this quarterback Mm -hmm. coming off the West Coast ain't no different. This cat is a dog and ready to run. And I got to tell you, you don't think he ain't ready? Oh, he's ready. Oh, and I yeah. think that's going to be the fun part. He'll be the new conversation Sunday morning on ESPN College uh, recap or whatever it is that they do across yeah. the country. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be talking about him. They've been talking about him already with, with how his name is. Did you see that video of the little kid uh, properly pronouncing his name? It was hilarious. I, you know, I love it, man. And, and, and being what you and I do, not only here on Southern Sports Central and on our shows, we do what we do on Friday nights. And you and I both know this because we deal with this. Saying a young man's name to a mother and to a grandmother is like the most important thing. Oh. The dad just wants to make sure you get the, the other stuff right. But moms and grandmas, oh, my God, if you get somebody's name wrong, they will somehow, some way, to the love and life of Internet, from here to there, will find you, will question you, and may even threaten you if you don't get that kid's name right. So tip off that real cat there to the guys that called that, that game last week because I knew they had really gone through some uh, one-on-ones. And here's kind of a here's a trick to that, Brandon. When you talk to the kids, if you're doing it from another game, let them say the name to you. And as yeah. it sounds coming out, write that down on right. your notes yeah. and yeah. go back to that. And that's how I do it. I don't know about you. Oh, that's exactly how I do it, too. I actually had one uh, this week from Wilson. Uh, the coach actually mentioned that it was pronounced a different way than it was spelled, and I put it in my notes as it was pronounced, so I had it ready to go. Uh, it, it's like that. It, it's like what uh, Liam Neeson said uh, when uh, in uh, Taken when, when it comes to parents and finding and finding you to you know, correct you on names. I don't know how, I don't know where, but I will find you. And they do. Uh, so it's, it's always an adventure with that. Uh, because it, 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 it's always fun. Uh, big matchup up here, obviously, North Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach tonight. What are your thoughts on that game? I know you, you're more down in the low country, but have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I do, man. I, and, and here's my thing is being a guy born and raised right there on the Grand Strand, you know, uh, you know, we played Myrtle Beach every year. That was uh, one of our big rivals, and that was a soccer yep. high school graduate, 97. You know, uh, I, I know a little bit about those Seahawks, but I got to tell you, man, you know, as impressive as I see North Myrtle Beach is, you know, it's one of those things, kind of like Notre Dame and Clemson. I see you. I see you, Chiefs. But you got to make sure you handle business. I know they got a kid over there that can terrorize offensive lines like nobody else, and that's Mr. Chase Simmons. He's going to be, along with his defensive line, is going to be the story to tell here. Can you keep Ryan Berger off his toes and on his heels? 
to where he flies it high and you're able to do what Wilson was able to do and pick up a win. To me, everything's on the line. To me, these are what we talked about earlier when this season was put together is that we hope to see a final game come down to a everything must be done tonight to get it done right. And that is what's happening in that 4A game. That's the game of the week, I would possibly say, right. in the state of South Carolina. I mean, as much as I get 5A, they've got some big-time games going on. But I think you've got probably, if not the number one and two, definitely one of the top, three, top two, three teams in the state in 4A football in Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach. And, again, in my days of growing up on the Grand Strand, North Myrtle Beach didn't have all this power, man. So they have done an incredible job. It is at North Myrtle Beach. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so you're going to get the lights, the camera, and the action. And what I mean by the lights, they've instilled a mega, big-time investment on a light yeah. show. I just hope that they get a chance to use it throughout tonight. And J.J. Oh, Jones oh, they will. and Mr. Oh, Randall sure and Ryan Berger don't do anything. Yeah. They, <laughs> if if you guys haven't had a chance of checking that out, go check it out on Twitter. It's absolutely amazing to see. I'm 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 so disappointed that I'm not able to to be there tonight, but I'm sure I'll I'll definitely be uh, tuning in and watching it. Uh, but yeah, what's cool? You mentioned it. You know the the uh, football gods were smiling upon South Carolina. I mean, kind of weird. Unfortunate circumstances actually made it this way in some areas not down here on the Grand Strand, but every area um, outside of the low country uh, have a big-time matchup that will determine something within another region that everyone will be tuning in. Like we talked about, T.L. Hanna against Hillcrest to determine the number one seed in that region. Over in 4A in the Midlands, you've got Irmo against Westwood to determine who's gonna win, who's gonna make it into the playoffs in that region, and then obviously Myrtle Beach for North Myrtle Beach for all the marbles in Region Six. Man, it's gonna be amazing, man. Listen, I'm gonna let you roll the rest of the way. You got six solid minutes left here of a great show. Great job today. I know, again, for those who uh, tried to tune in last night, on behalf of uh, all of us here at Southern Sports Center, we apologize. Live Talk Radio was doing some things on the West Coast, all affecting us here on the East Coast. We uh, will have Ms. V back up on the uh, South Carolina High School Blue Sports Radio Show next Thursday. You can check her out at 6 o'clock. Don't forget, tonight, 7.30 kickoff, 7.30 airtime, myself and Clinton Robinson Sr. He is also one of the members here of Southern Sports Central. He and I will be bringing you the call between a big-time 5A matchup Why you don't have any movement in playoffs going on. you got a lot of bragging rights going on here in the low country. It is two great big guys in 5A football, 7.30 kickoff. I'll be bringing you the call upstairs. I'll have Clinton down on the field. And guess what? He doesn't know it yet, but the guy on the other end that's doing the show right now, I'm going to let him do my halftime show. So he'll be giving you all the updates, the highlights, and scores, and giving me a chance to catch my breath in some water. That being said, Brandon, God bless you. Stay safe. We'll talk to you when you get off the air, buddy. Yep. Talk to you later. Hey, before I let you go, big news that came out yesterday, SCHSL uh, will announce two locations for the playoffs. What are you hearing and where do you think we're going to be going for uh, the championship this season? Oh, well, I guess he left. Never mind. Uh, But 
uh, we'll I'll get his thoughts on that uh, later on, and and maybe bring that to you tomorrow night, or excuse me, uh, later later on tonight. Apparently, I'm doing uh, the halftime show for him, uh, so we'll uh, we'll be doing that, uh, and then uh, yeah, like I said, uh, next week big show, uh, playoffs coming up lots of fun action obviously Murphy, North Murphy, uh is the big matchup uh to watch um this you know here on the grand strand that that's one of the cool things and and like i mentioned it uh with Richie uh the the fact that you have uh you know you have these games uh, that, you know, are very important. You know, that was one of the one things that I was a little worried about. And and some regions it was. You know, unfortunately, there aren't as many decisive games tonight as there would be under normal circumstances. You know, you you would like to have more games feel more important than they do uh tonight but in every classification i think uh or at least in most there is a game that is we got T.L. Hannah against Hillcrest up in the upstate in 5A other than that 5A pretty much completely done well they are completely done outside of that you know tonight Myrtle Beach North Myrtle Beach is determined for region 6 4A champion that's going to be a big matchup. Obviously, you got Irmo Westwood to determine who gets in the playoffs there. Uh, so that's another big one. So two matchups, and 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 up in the Upstate, you got Travelers rest wrestling Pickens. You know, Pickens trying to clinch a playoff berth there. Now, if they lose, it gets a little tricky. Uh. Although they beat Walhalla already, so I don't well, but it would be two and two then, it, or there would it would be a three way tie. Uh, so not sure exactly how that will work, because Travelers Rest did not. Oh no, excuse me, they played uh, Walhalla last week, and Walhalla won, so it does set up that potential of that that triangle so that's actually an interesting matchup that's actually an interesting matchup to keep an eye on up in up in one at, or up in uh region one four a in class three a everyone is done there so no games that really matter there uh going down to class two a uh Draw against Andrew Jackson. That's a big one. I talked to uh, talked to Lou Bejak about that earlier. That will determine who is the number two seed in Region Four Two A. You got Batesburg Lees Batesburg Leesville against Newberry. That's another one in Two A that will be one to keep an eye on uh, to see who wins that one. Uh, and that those are the main those are the two games in two A to watch out for. 
Over in 1A, uh, Southside Christian against Whitmire, uh, that will at least somewhat determine something. Uh, but if Whitmire is able to win that, that creates a three-way tie in Region 1-1A. So I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work. Uh believe it, it, it's going to be confusing. There's, there's a lot of math involved in that one. So that one will be one to, to keep an eye on and see how that works. Uh, but that's the only one that's the only region in 1A that has not been determined yet. But lots of good matchups still tonight. Lots of uh, interesting storylines. Uh, things to look out for tonight. Uh, you know, and just, hey, whether you won or whether you lost this season, and obviously everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to make it to the playoffs. I'm sure a lot of te- teams looking at you, Greenville, are very disappointed that they didn't make the playoffs because of the system that we have this season. A lot of teams that would have made the playoffs in a normal year are probably, you know, huffing and puffing about how they didn't make the playoffs and yada, yada, yada. But my thought is this especially considering how a lot of other states have handled it. Be thankful that you were able to play football in the first place. If you're here in the grant on the Grand Strand, if you live just a few miles north, you would not be playing football right. North Carolina. If you cross the border they are not playing football right now in North Carolina. So, And there are a lot of other states that are not playing high school football this fall. So whether your team won or, your, or whether your team lost this season, just be thankful that you're playing football in the first place. Uh, and obviously with everything that's going on right now in the world, first off, hope everyone went out to vote, uh, you know, no matter who you voted for, just the fact that you went out and voted and voted and made your voice heard, that's important, uh, and, and try to make some change to the world in your own way. Uh, no matter what happens, obviously things still are up in the air when it comes to that. Just try to be nice to everyone. Uh, you know, stay safe out there uh, in this crazy, chaotic world that we're living in right now. Uh, and everyone, you know, stay safe out there. Stay safe out there, you know. And and let's make sure whether you're a parent, whether you're a fan, obviously coaches and players are doing it already, but no matter what, no matter what you think about this virus, just for the sake of the players, for the sake of the teams, for the sake of the schools, wear a mask, stay safe, wash your hands, hand sanitizer, all that good stuff to make sure that we are able to finish this season 
and we don't have any problems going into the playoffs. So that'll just about wrap it up for me. Hope you guys enjoyed the show this morning. Hope you guys enjoyed the final week of Carolina High School football, the final week of the regular season for the public schools, beginning of the playoffs for the private schools. And be fun night. And, and, and next week, we'll have even more fun to bring to you as we get ready for the SCHSL playoffs. And hopefully, more than likely, we'll have some news on where the finals will be taking place this season. So be sure to tune in next week. I'm Brandon Vistabank saying so long. I'll talk to you guys next week here on Sports Unlimited on Southern Sports Unlimited. So long, everybody.